Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Budget-Minded Traveler Podcast. Your source for the tips and tactics that will inspire and equip you to travel the world. And the best part? It won't break your bank. And now, the budget-minded traveler herself and your host, Jackie LaLainen. Hey, everybody. What's up? You are listening to episode 41 of the Budget Minded Traveler podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in today, wherever you are. And before we get into today's episode, I just want to give a quick shout out to those of you who are still voting for the Budget Minded Traveler podcast uh, for this year's podcast awards. And it, as it turns out, Uh, the voting period is actually three weeks and not two. And so we are still voting. And so if you um, would like to continue to do so, I'd be very appreciative if you would head on over to podcastawards.com every day and continue voting for the Budget Minded Traveler. We will find out the results for this on April 14th of this year, 2015. So thank you so much if you have been doing that for me. If you guys listen to this regularly, then you know that a couple of weeks ago, I had on Chris and Tom from Travel Past 50, who are in retirement and traveling long term. They're five years into their travels, which I think is incredible and had a really inspiring interview with them. And so when I was contacted by today's guest, I absolutely had to say yes when he told me what they were up to. So today we have Evo, Tara and Sheila D from The Opportunistic Travelers. And Evo actually contacted me because he saw my name on the podcast awards list, which he has an interesting connection with, which you're going to hear about in just a minute as well. But he and Sheila have left, they're in their 40s and they have left everything behind. They sold off all of their stuff and they decided that they're going to travel and they've committed to traveling for 2015 at least. And we'll see kind of where they go from there. But basically they're here to share about how, how they decided to do it, what they did to make it happen, what their plans are and how they're making it incredibly cheap, which is super cool. So let's get going with this interview and hope you guys enjoy. All right. I've got Evo, Tara and Sheila D on the line from the opportunistic travelers. How are you guys doing today? Wonderful. Awesome. And where are you? I always love to ask my podcast guests this. We are currently in Nutsford, England, a bedroom community about half an hour away from Manchester, England, and kind of the north yeah. uh, western yeah. part of the state. This is where they actually film the real wives of Cheshire, the real <laughs> housewives. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's a pretty affluent little neighborhood we find ourselves in. I loved um, Manchester, actually. I always say Manchester. Yes. <laughs> um, that's my favorite. That was my favorite town in England when I went, actually, recently. Um, I don't know why. I just loved the feel of it. It was like the perfect size. I think that's where I would want to spend some time if I was going to do that in England. <laughs> we, we have a quick overnight. We've done a couple little day trips in, but we're going to do a quick overnight at the end of this week. So we'll get a little more of a feel for it when we're in town. Mm-hmm. And what do you mean by a bedroom community? 
Well, a bedroom community is a place where people live, but they commute in to work mm. in other areas like like Manchester. You know, th- this town here, you, you can tell us where they live um, and not where they work because there's not very many places to actually work here. Mm-hmm. Yet this town boasts a McLaren dealership, a yeah. Rolls-Royce dealership, a Bentley dealership, a Range Rover dealership, and a Tesla dealership in a town that sports 18,000 people. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. This is where the money is. And they, those that have to still do commute into areas like uh, Manchester Mm -hmm. or even Liverpool to, to do their work. And I read somebody, uh, somebody's comment recently that actually lives here in Nutsford and they work here and their employer doesn't even list Nutsford as their place of employment they list manchester yeah yeah it's like a a suburb i guess you you affiliate with the nearest city exactly right yeah Yeah, exactly so okay i am so excited for this where to start with you guys you have an awesome story and first of all I have to say, you actually, you contacted me because did you see my name on the podcast awards? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And you have a little connection with the podcast awards yourself, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, I, we have both been involved with podcasting since the, the very beginning. Um, I, and by that, I mean, literally the very beginning. My, my first podcast aired on October the 14th, 2004. Wow. So I've been doing this a very, very long time. And um, early on, I think it was 2005, the first year that the podcast awards were uh, handed out, uh, I was doing a show called Slice of Mm Sci-Fi, a science fiction media-focused podcast, and we took best podcast uh, of of the year. That's so cool. Yeah. Of course, that was back when there were like, you know, seven podcasts. (laughs) And now there are some 250,000. Oh, easily, easily. Mm -hmm. That's kind of crazy. And you have another one that you're starting now, right? Yeah, well, we've we've been doing this this thing that we're now calling the Opportunistic Travelers Podcast, mm-hmm. and um, as of this recording, we have uh, eleven episodes out, which is kind of for both of us a re-entry into podcasting. We've been involved with it since the beginning, but we've come in and out around around the time, and and I still work and support a lot of podcasters, but it's our first time getting back behind the microphones again. So, eleven episodes in, the Opportunistic Travelers is a show that Sheila and I are producing each and every week and, and I say producing because it's a really really highly produced program much more difficult and challenging than what we've done in the past the episodes tend to go around the, the 10 minute mark mm-hmm. um, but it's highly produced audio that features the experiences we have had uh, during our journeys and we just go and we re- record audio and then sit back together and assemble a story and it really becomes much more of an uh, a storytelling experience of what we've done as opposed to an interview style like this one or straight reviews and sorts of things like that. So right. it really has to experience the travel more. And, and Evo's being really modest here because whereas he's saying that we both sit back down and, and go through all the audio, <laughs> it's really Evo that it's does him. it. I just, I record my stuff. I give some input here and there, but he does the seven, eight, nine hours of work that it goes into to produce the the oh. ten to twelve hours of minutes, 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 yeah. minutes, minutes of, of of the show. So 
Um, he's being very modest. I'm a modest glutton for punishment. <laughs> and I can only imagine because I, I know how long it takes to produce a podcast and yours sounds a lot more involved than mine. So good for you. Are you having fun with it? I am. That's really what keeps me going is mm. it's, it's challenging. Uh, it's kind of stretching my, my audio production skills that I haven't mm. really had a chance to deal with in a while. Uh, but it's fun. It's quite rewarding. I, I actually listen to the show several times as I'm assembling it. Um, and then as soon as it's available for download, when I load it up to the, the servers, I double check to make sure that it comes down because I'm a good podcaster. And I listen again. Because I really enjoy it. It's, it's, it's that much fun for me, and it's exactly what I want it to be. That's awesome. And where can we find that podcast? Well, if you know how to search on the iTunes, it's under the Opportunistic Travelers. Um, if you want to do it the old-fashioned way, you can just go to the website, which is shivo.wtf, and <laughs> click on the link that says the Opportunistic Travelers podcast. And you can see the subscribe buttons, and you can see all 11 episodes and all the future episodes. Uh, we put our, our full script in the show, so you can actually see exactly what it is that we're saying um, cool. before you actually download so you know what's happening. I'm so intrigued. And your, your URL is a mix of your two names. Yeah. Shivo. So it's S-H-E-V-O. And can we assume WTF stands for WTF? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's because when we, when we brought up the idea to our friends and family about what we were about to do on this little adventure that we've started, right. um, their first uh, response was, what the f***? <laughs> <laughs> we'll cover that with WTF. <laughs> <laughs> 100 cycle bleep will do it as well. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, I want to hear about this adventure of yours. Your, your website goes into, you know, explaining how you guys are in your 40s and you sold everything and you're on the road as digital nomads. Mm -hmm. Tell us everything. <laughs> well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you everything in an abbreviated fashion, or that we've had the longest story here ever. Yeah. So you, you've hit the highlights. Um, we're both 46 years old. We have a, a single son who's 23 years old and is on his own and doing quite well. And for the last five years, we have said to each other that we need to do something different. It's time for us to leave. Yes. Phoenix, Arizona had been our home for the last 18 years, and we'd made wonderful, fantastic friends there. We were deeply involved with the community. Um, but it was time for something new. We both get itchy feet and want to travel, and 18 years was a really long place for us to stay basically in the same area. So we talked about a lot of different things, um, and in November, uh, the first of November of this year, we said we need to make a decision on where we're going to be next. Several things in our personal lives had lined up, personal and professional lives, that showed us that we needed to be gone after the first of the year. So as we were trying to pick which city was next for us, um, right around the 15th of November, we had the crazy notion of what if we just don't pick mm -hmm. and we just leave? And we collectively thought that was a good idea. And so that's what we decided to do. We started selling off everything. We'd already gotten rid of most of our, our all of our real properties. So we just had household goods and a car to get rid of. 
And in lieu of being independently wealthy, we had to come up with some creative ways to pay for a lifestyle, uh, a lifetime of travel, at least a year of travel. So selling everything was part of that. But we also decided, we, we discovered, we, shouldn't, we, didn't, we didn't really decide, we discovered this really cool thing called international house sitting mm. where we could go stay rent-free literally all over the world um, and exchange some services like pet watching, which is what we're doing right here in lovely little Nutsford. Um, and that lets our travel dollars get stretched even further. So we decided to, to make a go of it for at least a year. That's our personal commitment to each other. At least a year or until the money runs out uh, or until we decide that we find some place that we want to settle down or <laughs> we decide that we want to keep going because we might make that decision too. Mm-hmm. The options are so many. Yeah. Yes. That's so great, though. Did you? So I actually uh, just a couple weeks ago, I published an episode with um, the the a couple from Travel Pass 50 is what their blog is called. And they are retired. They're about 20 years older than you guys. And they're doing the same thing. They retired and they sold everything and they're traveling. And it's so exciting to talk to talk to people like you guys who are actually doing this. Um, and they're five years in at the moment. And they they also, you know, they, they had said they didn't see themselves traveling this much. But um, the more they go, the more they want to see. So I think you guys are in for it. <laughs> I, th- I think so too, and we really didn't want to re- to wait until retirement age. I mean, mm-hmm. both of us do the kinds of things professionally. I- I'm a digital strategist, and Sheila is an instructional designer. Um, and these are the kinds of jobs that we can do for a very long time, and these are the kind of things that we can do on the side as much mm-hmm. as we can do as full time gigs. So retirement wasn't looking like much of a possibility for either of us. At least not the classical retirement a lot of people think about. Exactly, and so. Exactly. For us, it was like, well, we're going to keep working and we can do these jobs for anywhere, from anywhere. So let's try and do it from anywhere. And here we are. It's so great. You guys are in a unique position in that both of you have location independent jobs. I mean, that's usually hard enough for one person to get, but for both of you to do that. um, So you both work online then, right? Yeah. Yeah. The kind of stuff we do is online. Although to be honest, we're not doing that much working online from here. We, we put enough money into the bank to, to allow us to do this for a year without having any income coming in. And that doesn't mean living mm-hmm. extravagantly. Uh, we have to find opportunities along the way to, to, to allow it to work out for us better. But even before we left, we already had people coming to us saying, wow, that's great. You're going to make this trip. It sounds like you have some free time on your hands. Can I pay you to do some work while you're away? Hmm. Okay, sure. And that just gives us an even longer runway on the other end. Absolutely. And that will probably lead into something that can be a little bit more sustainable for you at the end of the year when you decide to keep traveling. Exactly right. Yeah. Sounds like you're setting it up right at this point, which is awesome. So, have you traveled before this? We have, but we hadn't gone, like we've done uh, Central America and Mexico and Canada and the Caribbean, but we hadn't been beyond those areas. And we, we'd like, at one point we planned a trip to Spain and then things didn't line up. And so we didn't go. And, and they're just, there were so many places we wanted to go that we just, our, our jobs were holding us back. <laughs> yeah, they kind of were at the time. Mm-hmm. I think that's the case for most people. 
So this was the point that you guys really, what, what was it that really just made you decide this is it, let's go? I mean, was it something inside, like you said some, some things were lining up, but was there a, was there a driving force within you that was just saying, you know, this is it, we have to make this happen now? Um, you know, it, it was kind of a, a, a mixture of, of various things that it, that had happened. You know, one of the, uh, the, the, the businesses that I had been involved with was was changing its its nature pretty significantly, and and my role was in question. Um, mm-hmm. We we had been told by various doctors that Sheila needed to get out of Arizona for a very long time, mm-hmm. and we started listening to to them when when some new information was being put forth, and it it just seemed right. Plus, our son was in a situation to where he was ready to go, so we knew we were free to leave Phoenix. Right. Um, and then it was just by chance. That Sheila was reading something online, I believe, just on the web, that talked about this couple who left home in their 40s as well and started traveling to see what it was like. Um, And now, four years later, they're continuing to do it. And we said, everything they're doing is something we can do if we just make the decision to do it, shall we? And I started looking into a little bit more of that, and, and there were stories upon stories just like that where couples left and you know 20 something years later they're still traveling yeah and so i'm like you know what i'm not tied to anything i'm not we're not a materialistic couple Mm -hmm. and so let's go that's so awesome so do you guys have a lot of uh, monthly bills at the moment i just have to ask because you don't have any income coming in how what about sustaining you know what's going out yeah, so we have some, but but not huge um, amounts of things. I mean, we have no rent, we have no car payment, we're not mm-hmm. paying, you know, insurance premiums. We're you know all the things that are normal. We have right. to pay for food. Obviously, people that are, uh, that we're staying in don't let us eat for free. We we have um, back in 2011, we were um, Evo was diligent and paid off pretty much all of our bills, and so we didn't have like high credit card or high debt. And and so even like the last the last couple cars we've had we've paid cash for them, mm-hmm. and and it just allowed yeah. us to you know uh, it it gave us more freedom because those those bills that you have the credit cards and all of that they end up owning you and, a, and not allowing you to do what you want to do on your day to day basis. Mm-hmm. Gosh, yeah, that you said it. That's it. <clears throat> so how about? With that said, you said also that you um, you find opportunities to make it basically cheaper for you along the way. And I know you mentioned international house sitting. Is that uh, is that what the website is? International house sitting. Um, what our website is? No, the what you're doing this. International oh, house oh so we use. There's probably four or five different yeah. websites that that Sheila keeps active profiles on okay. where we find various assignments. The one that we've had the most success has been Trusted House Sitters. Uh-huh, we've actually okay. set up a page on our website mm-hmm. so that for people who were know, want to know who we're using, they can just go to shivo.wtf slash stay for free, all one word, uh, and we'll list out you know four or five different options for them right there. Okay. But um, you know we, we keep up with that on a regular basis. O- oddly enough, when we first started out, we really only had – well, let me change that. When we decided we were going to leave, we had nothing lined up. We had already picked a date. We said on January the 16th, we're leaving the country. I mean, we didn't have anything lined up. 
So prior to January 16th, we were a little nervous for a while going, well, what's going to happen if we don't get selected for any of these house sitting <laughs> assignments? So luckily we got one uh, before we left. And then as we were leaving, we only had that one lined up. And it was for three weeks to go to France uh, in the middle of nowhere in France on a one-way ticket. And then we had nothing else lined up after that. Well, just before we got on the plane to leave to go to France, we found out we had an assignment um, in Denmark, a little town called Kakaday outside of Copenhagen. And so that would get us an additional couple of weeks. And then this and then another. So it's, it's kind of spiraled. And today we were just talking about it on the way before we jumped on the interview with you. Um, we're now planned out. Definitely planned out through August Whoa. with various house sitting assignments, and we are likely going to stretch that into October. That's not been confirmed yet, which is great because now we don't have to worry about every day getting up and checking on the various assignments and putting our name in to see if we can be selected. You know, we can sit back and relax, and we can be a little picky on which assignments well, we want to take. And we're actually being contacted by um, the assignment the people that own the assignments themselves. And I've had to turn down two or three just recently. Yeah. Which is, which is a great thing. You know, people are actually reaching out to you saying, Hey, mm -hmm. I've heard about you and I yeah. see what you're doing and they're following the website and they love how we're sharing everything. And they say, you seem like the right kind of people for us. We think transparency takes care of a lot of the questions about should these strangers stay in my house? Yeah. Well, Look, if we if we steal anything from you, you get online and destroy your reputation, and that would pretty much end it for us. So, mm -hmm. so that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. We like to call ourselves the perfect strangers, not random strangers, right. but the perfect, perfect strangers. Exactly right. Thank you. Honey, I like that. Perfect. Yeah, I actually I did an interview with a a girl who she's actually living in the UK right now. Her name's Julie, and she she uses trusted house sitters all the time, and she was the first one to tell me about it. And so we did an interview about it because it's just sounds like such an amazing program, you know? Um, and so I will definitely, I'm going to link to that episode as well. Cause there's a, a ton of information on there for anybody who's interested in learning more about trusted house sitters. And I'm going to list your, um, your stay for free, uh, yeah. websites too, because that's, that's super helpful. Um, uh, I can't believe it. So you are actually, booked out through at least August right now. Does that mean that during that time, I mean, it's only March at the moment, uh, you will not be paying for lodging that entire time? Almost. Yes. Let wow. me run it through real quickly so I can, yeah. I can tell you what it is, Jackie. So we will have to spend, we, we leave here from Nutsford on Sunday of this, Sunday. of this week. We will spend one overnight in a hotel in Manchester. Mm -hmm. After that, this gets into the opportunistic part of that. Yeah. Uh, we have about a three-day break before our next assignment, and another podcaster named Matthew Turndog, who lives in northern England, has invited us to come stay at his place for three days. Awesome. So then we go to Sheffield, where we're on assignment for a couple of weeks, mm -hmm. and so that means rent-free there. We will do one overnight in London yep. after that. And uh, that's with the Airbnb. Oh, it's an Airbnb. Yeah, so okay. that we got that relatively cheaper than than, than yeah. a lot of the hotels would be. And we're staying with a local, so we can get some ideas of where we should go see for our twenty four hours in London, which <laughs> probably isn't enough. But that's okay. We're going to okay. come back. Yeah, moment. you'll be back for sure. <laughs> oh, well, I certainly will. So it could be it's part of our trip. <laughs> I have. Uh, we're going to spend a month in Spain. Mm. And that is courtesy of an author who I have been working with for the past five or six years. She actually owns two different properties in Spain. One of them is their getaway spot. And she's given me the keys to it and says, it's yours for as long as you would like to stay there. 
That sounds terrible, really. It does. <laughs> I know. Oh, horrible. Where is this? Uh, it's in the Galicia area of Spain. Northern. And so we'll mm. be in northern Spain for a month. During that time, we're going to get on a real cheap Ryanair flight and get down to Majorca, the island that she lives on, and spend about a week with her and her husband <laughs> and her daughter on the beach in the Mediterranean. How tough will that be? How did Staying you say how did you say you met her? Uh, she and I, uh, she, she's an author and I've been working with her for uh, some years because digital strategy is right. part of what I do. And I, and I help authors use podcasting. Gosh, oddly, yeah. um, so, great. so after that, cause it gets even better after that, since we're here, uh, we, Oh, I'm sorry. After that, I, I have to go back to London. Um, I say have to go back to London because <laughs> I'm keynoting a digital marketing conference at the mm. end of May called the ungagged conference. So anybody who's a digital marketer should go to this one because it's going to be a really cool, interesting event. So we get three days uh, wined and dined in a fancy hotel room. And then we're going to tack on three days staying with another author that I've been working with for several years who lives in London to get an even better lay of the city. We then go to Milan, Italy, because mm -hmm. the World Expo slash World Fair happens every five years and we happen to be in Europe. So of course, we have to go there. We will be spending paying for our own luggage, our lodging when That's we're in Milan, Airbnb. another Airbnb. Uh, and then we go to Thailand for mm -hmm. three months rent-free um, doing a house-sitting assignment where we have to look after a single We do have cat. three nights in yeah. in uh, the small town in Thailand. Oh, that's true. You we, have to tell that, that story. That is true. I, I said we were... <laughs> Three in Thailand, and I'm wrong. Um, we will have to spend three nights when we get there on our own. Um, we didn't pick the most expensive place. We picked the second most expensive place in town, and it's $20.78 a night. Yes, and where is that? It's in Renong, Thailand. Okay. <laughs> oh, I love Thailand. It's so cheap. Yeah, it's oh so incredibly gosh. cheap to get there. So, so no, we're not staying completely rent-free, but mostly. Yeah, you named like five nights that you might yeah. pay for something. <laughs> That's so incredible. Like you guys have found, oh, that's so great. Is it trusted house sitters the whole thing or have you, or is it a mix of the other ones too? Yeah, it's a mix of the other yeah, ones. Okay. There's two or three that we use on a regular basis. Um, and, oh. and the reason you have to do that is they're all country specific. Well, shouldn't, specific is a wrong way, but like trusted house sitters is most popular with what area? Trusted house sitters is all over. Um, but when you limit yourself, I mean, I, I would I equate it to like a dating site. Not that I've been on one. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but, but you want to get the most oh, this coverage. coverage. Um, and so like we've got a couple um, assignments from Mind My House. And um, there's some others from House Carers. And there's, we've been chatting with people on luxury house sitting. And, and there's just so many. And it just opens up more possible abilities right and like you said opportunistic i love that you're just following the opportunities really that's what that's what it's all about right yeah you know right now the biggest opportunity we have is to do these house sitting assignments but i have been meeting people along the way i mean i, I can't turn my entrepreneur brain off as much as i wanted to make 2015 a sabbatical from work that really hasn't happened um so i've been connecting with people along the way and we're plotting and scheming and doing some interesting ideas and any one of those could turn into something which is quite interesting mm -hmm. and the nice thing about these these schemes that i'm hatching here is none of them are your traditional job you know i wouldn't be forced to move back to 
Copenhagen, Denmark, which wouldn't be a forced thing anyhow. Copenhagen is an amazing awesome. city. We would live there in a moment's notice. But it's still it's the kinds of things that would allow us to continue to travel because the people that I'm meeting have, have also experienced something like this, this freedom of not being shackled to a desk every single day right. um, and, and really getting out and seeing the world. So that would continue and just additional opportunities for income. On that note, mm-hmm. you should mention um, how we ended up staying in Brussels because that oh. all kind of ties in together. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we had about a four-day break between our assignment in Copenhagen ending, our time to leave Copenhagen before we had to actually be here in, in England. And we had decided to just rent a hotel room in, in Brussels. Well, the very next day, um, I met a guy on Facebook for the very first time, he was he had posted a question in the podcasters for podcasters group um, about starting a podcast on entrepreneurship in Brussels, and did, he would like some assistance on picking the appropriate name for it. So I jumped in on the comment thread and gave him some feedback about the the name, and I also mentioned. So I happen to know a little bit about podcasting, having written yeah. podcasting for dummies and been <laughs> podcasting for the last you know 10 years. Um, and entrepreneurship and innovation is what I've done professionally for the last several years. And I'm going to be in Brussels. We should get together and talk about this over coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we did, but we talked over coffee in his house because we stayed with him for those four days. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> you didn't even have to pay for that then. Nope, exactly right. Yep. So we quickly canceled that hotel room and we stayed with Cedar for, for those days. Mm-hmm. And he's an amazing person and we had fantastic conversations and that's what it to us means to be an opportunistic traveler is don't set up everything in stone be extremely flexible and just take those opportunities as they come up and you'll probably have an even better time absolutely i believe that firmly are you guys do you happen to be going to tbex well, that's interesting that you mentioned that. Um, TBEX was put on the on my radar a couple of months ago, and I I ignored it. Not I didn't ignore it. I, I opted to not go with because we didn't exactly know we were traveling. Now that that's TBEX is happening while we're in Spain. Exactly. So yeah. My my plan is to reach out to the TBEX folks since keynote speaking is part of also what I do to let them know that hey, I'm kind of close since. It's in Spain. We're in Spain. Maybe we should get together and see something. So there's a good chance we could be at TBEX either as attendees or, if I can swing it, uh, maybe one of the yeah. speaking slots if there's still any open. That Are would you- be awesome. Are you going to go? I am. Yeah, I'll be there. So we'll have to keep in touch about that because awesome. I would love to meet you guys in person if you're if you're going to be if you're going to be there. I mean, that'd be great. Yeah, sure. I mean. That's the great thing about Spain. Trains go everywhere. Uh, and so we might as well just hop a train and get down there for a couple of days. Why not? Exactly. You know, and if you do register, you're going to get a discount on those trains, too. So oh, yeah. a little insider tip for you. <laughs> Love it. Well, this has been great. I think I know you're full of advice. So what would you advise anyone considering? I mean, you guys are in a unique spot in that you're in your 40s. You have not yet retired. And yet you're you know, leaving everything behind to pursue this lifestyle that's going to be adapted to basically your passion and your, you know, opportunities and all of that. What would you recommend or or advise to anyone else considering doing the same thing? Or perhaps if they haven't traveled before and they're thinking about it, you know, what, what, what does that kind of travel like mean to you? What has it done for you? So for, I think for, for me, when, you know, it, you're exactly right, Jackie, the, 
this lifestyle is kind of strange. It, it takes a certain person who's willing to be able to go with the flow. And that's really nerve-wracking for a lot of people, especially those people who've not traveled all that extensively or only see, speak a single language. Well, guess what? We only speak a single language, other than the fact that I speak jive, which is a different you thing altogether. You have to stop saying No, that. I make that joke all the time. Sorry. Stop. <laughs> but what, the, the thing I would tell people, the advice is that it's a lot less scary than you think to try and live like a local. Everywhere we've been, we've been to France, we've been to Denmark, we've been to Sweden, we've been to Belgium, and now we're into England. Um, we could take pictures of the places we're staying at and they look exactly like the places you have back home. Mm -hmm. it, it's not really all that different. You Now, we're, again, we're not backpacking the Himalayas. You know, We're not tenting in the middle of the Sahara. We're staying in suburban or in some place rural settings where the people behave just like you. And it's a lot easier to get around than you would imagine. So, so my first piece of advice is, is don't be afraid that you're not going to find something that's going to work out for you. It's probably going to work anywhere. Uh, and and my advice is jump, just do it. Um, change is hard for people, and um, you never know what you're going to find out about yourself as you're traveling. Um, so I, I think it's a great learning opportunity. Opportunity, and I, I just say do it. Jump in both feet, and you know what's the worst that can happen? Most of us are well. I you know. There's always, it always seems like there's a job waiting for you. So just go, mm -hmm. do it. I love that because that's what I say too. You know, one of the things you learn about yourself, like what you were just kind of saying is we can be incredibly resourceful when we need to be. And you tap into that a lot when you're traveling, you know, because you have to be on top of making decisions and figuring things out and, you know, finding the right opportunities, etc. And you can do it. You can figure it out. I think people underestimate their own resourcefulness a lot. Yeah, they certainly do. And you know, one one thing on that as well, Jackie, is you know, we, we have said we're doing this for a year. And in more than one case, people have said, Well, so are your jobs on hold for when you get back? I mean, right. did you did you work that out with your employer? And and the answer is no. I didn't. Neither of us did. No. We don't we we don't have jobs. We don't have homes. We if it's not um, in a very, very small and wide open, because it's not fully packed, five-by-five five storage yeah. unit or with us here, we don't own it. Um, mm -hmm. So we're not really betting on the fact that we're not going to be successful. However, if we're wrong, if the end of this year comes or next week comes, something tragically terrible happens and we're forced to go back to the States and start over again in a new city, um, we will do it. Mm -hmm. It's not that hard. The worst thing that happens is we have to get a job. Mm -hmm. And um, and when you do the kind of things that we do, we have skills that are in demand and in need. So that's never, you know, last time I was looking for a job, I found one. Mm -hmm. And so that's yeah. going to happen again. Don't yeah. don't worry about that cushy career that you have. It's not quite as awesome as you think. There's always something else you can get into, or most of the time there's something else you can get there. So if that's what's holding you back, you're missing the point. Go experience, and if it sucks, then you just go back and get another job. There are plenty of them out there. I love that. I really do. I think too many people think that it's like the end of the world if you quit no. your job. 
And I, and I think I didn't realize that, you know, until I got involved with uh, so many startups that I'd been working with for a while. And with the, when you're a startup, you know, you put all your money into it, you know, you're bootstrapping the startup and you say, I'm going to triple mortgage my house and I'm going to rack up all my credit cards and I'm going to do all these things. And at the end of the day, if it fails, it fails. I have to go get a job to pay off the, you know, my credit card debt and whatever. But that's okay. Yeah. Jobs are out there. The, the the default is not you failed at your startup. Right. Now you're stuck in a van down by the river for the rest of your life. That's just not the way that it works. Right. And it's not the way it'll work for us. If if this and we're kind of treating this as a startup, trying new things, figuring out what sort of content we should share, what resonates with our audience, trying to build up momentum before we figure out where the money angle looks like. You know, startups that focus on money too early fail. And I think many travelers who want to make a go of it fail because they think about monetization first and less about how can I give my audience out there the content that they're looking for, and then I'll figure out a way to, to keep it going from a mm -hmm. money angle. That's, that seems to be the smarter play. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I love the way you put that. I have one more question for you guys because I cannot help but think about this as you're gallivanting around Europe, but what are you, what are you doing about visas because, you know, you get three months in the EU. I believe you get six months in the UK. Is it just working out that you're kind of just going back and forth enough that that's going to work? We use we MasterCard. Oh, wait, wrong kind of wrong. visa. Sorry, visa. Yeah, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we, we're using um, a spreadsheet to track our days where we are in each of the places so that. Like we make sure that we are, um, you know, only 90 days in any of the Schengen areas. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we have six months here in Europe or in uh, uh, England, but we're not going to be here for six months. So we did have to recently go to the Thai consulate and work out that because we were going to be there for 30, no, for 90 days. And they only allow a 30-day tourist visa. So we had to go in and, and chat. And both of us were, or I know I was extremely nervous, you know, worrying, do I need to, you know, present to them why it's a good idea for me to be able to stay longer? Do I need to dress up so I look like I'm presentable and somebody they want to let in for a longer period of time? And it was the easiest thing ever for us to get this three-month visa, which we actually have more time than just the three months. Yeah, it was it was mm -hmm. beautiful. I mean, everybody has been very helpful. If if you just look up the information, uh, there's a little site called Wikipedia <laughs> that has everything you need to know about these visas, mm -hmm. and it links off to consulate websites. And if you're in a situation where you need to stay longer in a country, like we were in Thailand, you look up the consulate, you go in, you talk to them, and they say, okay. Here's yep. how you do it. Here's how, and it's not even getting around the system. It's like, yep. you know, these are the processes you have to follow. And, and yeah, we have it. to leave the country for 24 hours during during part of our stay and come back, but that's okay. We mm -hmm. always wanted to go to Vietnam. And, and so, exactly. <laughs> even, even before we went to the consulate, I was having email conversations with the consulate to make sure that it was even possible so that I could even say yes to the assignment. Right. That's important. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And with the UK, I'm actually curious if you guys have, you've gone back and forth between uh, Schengen and UK yeah. multiple times already, right? Or uh, enough at least? Because uh, just, just once. But we will when we leave. Okay. Yeah, when we leave here, when we'll have to do, we'll have to do uh, to go back into Schengen or even when we hit Spain. So yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you go back into Schengen, um, and 
actually, there might be people listening that have no idea what we're talking about. The Schengen area of the EU is like, it's most of Western Europe, except for like Switzerland. Um, I mean, there's a couple of randoms, I think, but they all get one visa. So like when you land in Rome, for example, you're going to get one stamp and you can travel to Germany and whatever. You don't get another stamp. So that's the Schengen area that we're talking about. Um, Border guard crossings either. Right. I think that's important. People think they have yeah. to go through border guards, and you don't. You never. You right. don't see another customs Custom agent until you leave Schengen area. Exactly. So when you so you left Schengen, you arrived in the Schengen area first. Then you went to the UK. You're going to get a yep. new stamp for six months. Yep. And when you go back to Schengen, do you think they're going to renew your stamp for three more months? Well, actually, the way the Schengen works is kind of a weird one. You you have. It's a combination of maximum – it's like a beginning and ending date. So the first day you walk into the Schengen area, you have a, an, an exit date that's 180 days in the future. Okay. However, that doesn't mean you can stay for 180 days. You can really only stay 90 days within that 180-day period. So I equate it to like – uh, the the number of fouls an NBA player can get in a basketball game. You can get a total of four fouls before you get kicked out of the 48-minute game, right? So the thing is, you can stay 90 days and consecutive days or non-consecutive days within a 180-day period. So to answer your question, yes, we get stamped back in again, but they look to make sure that it's it's going to stay within 180 days. Awesome. They'll do a little addition and say, okay, you've been here for 32 days before. The most you can stay now is in another 63 or whatever the math is hmm. that I can't do very quickly in my head. What are the interesting things the uh, Thai consulate advised um, is that when they stamp your uh, passport, when you go through customs, to pay attention to the date that they stamp Yeah, because it's up, it's your responsibility. So if you walk away and they stamp their date wrong, um, they're blaming you. It's your responsibility to check that. So they, they give you a date that says this is when you came into the, the country. And if that's wrong, that can really mess you up. It's all it's all kind of confusing. But yeah, um, but thanks for sharing that, because, yeah, that that's definitely crossed my mind a couple of times throughout this conversation is, you know, you want to do it legally. You don't want to get kicked out of somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the Schengen, I mean, the thing when you violate border rules, a couple of things can happen to you that, that we've heard of. We luckily haven't experienced yeah. any of you know, <laughs> one, one of the worst things that can happen is they can immediately deport you, mm-hmm. which which would suck. Um, they can also slap you with very heavy fines, which is pretty common. Um, but it depends on the mood of the border guard agent uh, and, and your probably mood as well. So if you act like a jerk American, they're probably going to stop you the, the fattest fine they possibly can. Which you they probably also, deserve. <laughs> exactly right. They can also do absolutely nothing. But what the, they told us at the Thai consulate is that if you are in an overstay – regardless of what happens, is that they will mark your visa Mm. that you have overstayed. Whether you get charged a fine, deported, any of that, that's irregardless because now you have this blemish on your visa, on your your passport itself. Mm. And so when you go to the countries that are a little less willing to let you in or when you go to the next consulate to say, can I stay some extra time? You've already been a bad traveler, Oof, and so yeah. you're likely. You know, it's it's almost it's what I call woofy, or it's what people would call your credit rating. You're you're really impacting your credit rating for travel negatively, and we never ever want to do that. Yikes! Yeah, that's almost happened to me a couple of times. I won't go into that, but 
Well, I always kind of wanted to know what would have happened if it had gone bad. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's something that I want to know in a parallel universe, not this one. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like you want to hear that story from someone else, not your yes. own. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. We we are have you know people living vicariously through us. They are yeah. not to experience that no. vicariously through us. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, great. Um, gosh. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing all of this. So where can we, I mean, we mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, but let's mention it again. What is your website? Where can people find you if they want to listen to your podcast or, you know, learn more about you guys? Where should they go? Yeah, go to shivo.wtf. You'll find the link to the podcast. We also put together, um, obviously we're blogging every single day, but Sheila's a photographer, and so we have great photo spreads that are taking place in there. We've been putting together these really cool things that are called city guides after we leave an area, which is less about top 10 things to do in Rome and more about here is an, uh, a, a a collection of all of the things that we did. So blog posts, videos recorded, mm. uh, podcast re- actually recorded and released over there, uh, even newsletters and various things, plus the people we met along the way and the places we ate so that you can quickly go to here's all the things that Shibo did while they were in Copenhagen. Now I want to go try and experience the same thing. And even if they're not going to go to Copenhagen, they can at least – kind of one in fell swoop as opposed to trying to do it in real time, they can see quickly, here's the bars we drank at. Here are the coffee shops we attended. And here's the great things that happened in there. Uh, you so, drank at bars? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. A little bit of that. <laughs> so all of that stuff's available at shivo.wtf. That's the home for all of the things that we do here as part of the Shivo Studios Big World Tour. Awesome. That's so great. Well, you guys definitely check them out at shivo.wtf. And thank you guys so much for coming on. It's been wonderful. And I wish you guys the best in all of your travels. Thank you very much, Jackie. And good luck um, on your nomination for the podcast award. I hope all of your listeners remember to go vote for you every stinking day. I know, right? (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah. (laughs) All right. And I hope to see you guys in Spain. You never know. I think so. I think so. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great day, guys. Bye, All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Evo Terra and Sheila D. Don't forget to check out their website at Shivo, S-H-E-V-O dot W-T-F. And in case you're going to forget any of the things that we mentioned in this episode today, I have all the links to everything on the show notes page, which you're going to be able to find at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash 41. So check that out. And please remember, if you are voting for the Budget Minded Traveler podcast, you can still do so at podcastawards.com under the travel category. I am so grateful for any of those votes that I can get. So thank you guys so much. Have a great day and I'll see you next time. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.